Hello everyone, welcome to Screen Scream. I'm Viola. How's everyone in North America? I'm pretty sure it's also super cold recently. And here in Taiwan, we're experiencing a cold front. Although it's a piece of cake for those in North America, it's still something for us. Therefore, if we're going out for a good movie, it has to be a good one. And that's the reason why I'm going to talk about some of the classic re-release that are in the theater this week. Also, I've seen most of the movies that I'm going to talk about today, but it's not a guarantee that I recommend all of them. So stay tuned, and you will know which movies I recommend for this weekend. Without further ado, let's start with introduction of the first new movie. All's well ends well. A romantic Lunar New Year comedy about the three Chang brothers. Eldest brother Chang Man is a philandering businessman who treats his hideous yet hardworking wife like dirt. Middle brother Chang Huan is a disc jockey, playboy, who tries to score with as many girls as possible. Youngest brother Chang Xiao is an obviously gay dance instructor. Man soon gets the tables turned on him as his wife leaves to become a glamorous karaoke hostess, and Huan gets into a bizarre relationship with a fan so obsessed with movies that she constantly acts out characters on dates until he suddenly becomes temporarily mentally ill, and Sal is continually at odds with obvious butch lesbian family cousin. Hilarity ensues. <laughs> 大嫂, the first new movie we're going to talk about today, as I mentioned, is actually a classic re-release. It's a Hong Kong movie, and it was released in 1992. So it's my birth year movie, and it's one of the many movies of Stephen Zhou. If you like Hong Kong movies, besides all the gangster ones, you've definitely seen some of the Stephen Zhou movies. I like them a lot, and actually, I think there are only two or three that I haven't seen, but All's Well and Well is one of them that I haven't seen. So when I went to the screening, I really enjoyed it because everything was new to me. Although some of the jokes are very politically incorrect nowadays, if we look at now, it's still pretty funny, I mean the movie in general. It was 30 years ago, so there were some improper jokes. However, I think in the movie, because of the characteristics of each character, I think those jokes were on the edge of being politically correct or not. I think they're acceptable. In Asia, there is a very special movie genre. There are comedies that are only released during Lunar New Year. Or I should say they're released before Lunar New Year so that people can go watch them during Lunar New Year. And they're usually meaningless, I mean the plot. So usually it's about a family and there are some problems and usually they're very funny. I don't know the exact reason why All's Well Ends Well is re-released right now, but I think not having enough this kind of movie this year is also the reason. And you know, 30 years ago, 
they were able to gather all these A-listed stars to film this movie. It was really something. And a lot of the funny lines are those that people still say now. And I actually realized that, oh, some of the lines I've heard were from this movie. I didn't know before. So it really was an interesting experience for me to watch it. If you like Hong Kong movies or you also want to try this kind of Lunar New Year vibe movie, you can go watch All's Well and Well this weekend. And now let's move on to the second new movie we're going to talk about today, which is the only one that's not from Asia. Inside Lewin Davis It's the middle of winter, 1961. Greenwich Village-based folk singer Lewin Davis, formerly one half of Timlin and Davis, who had a modicum of success, especially within the local scene, is trying to eke out a solo career. The dissolution of Timlin and Davis was due to circumstances outside of Lewin's control. There no possibility of a reunion. Lewin, who has no money, resorts to sleeping on a revolving set of friends' couches. He not averse to asking any among his friends for a place to crash, especially fellow folk singers, professional and personal partners Jin and Jim. Despite meeting his friends, he is also not averse to burning bridges to remain true to himself as a professional musician, and in his anger and frustration over his current predicament. His plight makes him blind and oblivious to the goings-on in anyone else's life. His economic situation is made all the worse as his first solo album, Inside Lewin Davis, is not selling, partly due to issues with his manager, Mel Novikov. It's a catch-22 as his homeless situation makes him difficult to locate if a last-minute gig arises, which further hinders his ability to make money. And he of late seems to be accumulating more and more stuff, including a cat. He having nowhere to put any of it permanently unless he were to dispose of these items. He may only be able to endure getting figuratively pushed down in the pursuit of a career before something has to change in his life. The second new movie is also a classic re-release. It's a Hollywood movie released in 2013, so not super far away. It's the only movie that I'm going to talk about today that I haven't seen, but I've heard that it's really good. It won the Jury's Grand Prize at the 2013 Cannes Film Festival, and it was nominated as the Best Film, Best Leading Actor, and Best Original Song at the Golden Globe Awards that year. Since the protagonist is a musician himself, you can imagine that the whole movie contains a lot of great music and songs. The scores were written by the Grammy Awards master, T-Bone Burnett. He was the guitarist of Bob Dylan, and he was the producer of many famous singers, including Elton John, Leo Russell, Counting Crows, and The Wallflowers. So if you're a big fan of these musicians or bands, you would definitely love Inside Lewin Davis because the music would just be your love. Inside Lewin Davis was directed by the Coen brothers. It was adapted from a real story of the folk singer Dave Van Ronk in the 60s. 
It was starred by Carrie Morrigan, Justin Timberlake, and Oscar Isaac. So everything's perfect. The directors are great, cast are awesome, and music is amazing. Since the Coen brothers haven't directed movies for a few years, in case there are people who don't know them, let me briefly introduce them. They've won the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival before, and this time they're taking their audience to the 60s. And you can see how the Coen's humor creates this kind of ridiculous but poetic atmosphere for the film. And we can enjoy the life story of the protagonist pursuing his dream all together. Oh, back to the music. I mentioned that this is produced by T-Bone Bernade. This is the third cooperation between T-Bone Bernade and the Coen brothers. He won the best music at the Los Angeles Critics Association Award and was nominated as the best original song at the Golden Globe Awards. So if you'd like some great music this weekend, you can go see Inside Lewin Davis. Before I move on to Top 007 and talk about two movies that I've already seen, let's review what we had from last week first. Top 3 were Night Swim and Princess Mononoke, Top 2 The Beekeeper, and Top 1 were Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom and Wonka. Let's start with Top 7 to Top 4. Top 5, Anyone But You. It's going, stranger. What's going on over there? They dated, she crushed his heart. That man does not have a heart. No way. But first of all, let's talk about I Did It My Way. It's also a Hong Kong movie. I went to the screening. I have to say that uh, it's not a good movie. But if you like Andy Lau or Eddie Peng, he's a Taiwanese actor, you will enjoy the movie because they're so handsome in the movie. Okay, so Andy Lau, he's as charming as he usually is. So if you're a big fan of Andy Lau, like me, <laughs> you will definitely enjoy it. But the problem is that there is something that this character does you wouldn't be able to understand. It doesn't make sense. And some of the villains just disappear. You don't even understand what they did wrong. And you were like, wait, what? What just happened? So these ridiculous and unreasonable plots will ruin the experience a little bit. But generally, it was pretty exciting. And I have to say that if you like the car chasing scene or the gunfight in classic Hong Kong movies, you won't be disappointed. But the thing is that they think it's modern day, so drug dealers will evolve. So in I Did It My Way, the drug dealers use internet to sell drugs. But the thing is, we didn't really see how they profit from it. I mean, it's just a function. It's just a function they show in the movie that, okay, so this movie is totally different from what you saw before in Hong Kong movies, but we're not going to change other things. 
We're just putting internet into the plot, and that's it. Uh, so bad. Otherwise, it's all right. And I'm super happy for Eddie Pong because I think he can co-star with Andy Lau. That's really amazing. That's really a big achievement for him. And now let's move on to top three to top one. Top three: Aquaman and the Lost yeah. Kingdom. I finally got a job. I'm the king of Atlantis. Mean Ooh. Girls. Hey, PG-13, please. I'm making chocolate, of course. How do you like it? Dark, white, nutty, absolutely insane. Top one, the beekeeper. One, two, right. Yes, it's a little bit crowded, and there are two new faces on the chart: Mean Girls and Spy Family Cold White. Mean Girls is not going to be released in Taiwan any soon, so let's not talk about it for now. Let's talk about Spy Family Cold White. It's the movie version of the famous anime Spy Family. I went to watch it the second day after its release and got the posters. I'm so happy about that. And after I watched it, many of my friends will ask me, "Is it okay for me to watch the movie if I haven't seen the anime?" Sure, definitely. First of all, the movie starts with introduction of the main characters. It tells you that okay, so the father is a doctor, but actually he's a spy, and the mom is a civil servant, but actually she's an assassin, and the daughter is an orphan, but she can actually read minds, and the dog, their dog, can predict the future. So these are the basic information you need for going to watch Spy Family, and the movie tells you about this in the very beginning. So don't worry, you will understand perfectly fine. Something I found interesting is that the name of the movie is Spy Family Cold White, but no one mentioned Cold White during the whole movie. I mean, I can imagine the mission we watch in the movie. Is cold white, but I'm so surprised that nobody ever mentioned it in the movie. So I wonder if it has some other meanings. But anyway, it's really enjoyable. The fight scenes are classic, and the laughing points, the punchlines are awesome. And if you like how the protagonist, the daughter Anya, has her facial expressions. There are a bunch of facial expressions in Spy Family Cold White. Besides, they utilize different painting styles in it, so you can not only see the regular painting styles of Spy Family, but also some painting by hand and some American comic style. I think that gives the animation some diverse variation. Also, most Japanese animation is about one and a half hours, but Spy Family Cold White is almost two hours. So you can maybe bring some popcorn inside because it's really enjoyable to watch Anya and eat something because there will be some food scene in it, and I can guarantee you, if you don't have something to eat, you may be hungry. But at the same time, maybe it's a good idea not to eat because there are something 
in the plot that would probably hinder your appetite. Okay, in order to avoid spoiler, that's my introduction for Spy Family Cold White. And if you like the show today, please like it and share for us. And remember to tune in same time next week. I'm Viola. See you next week.